0: Welcome back to, oh, here's a little marketing for you. I'm Ellen Cernko. I'm Ellie Hicks.
1: And I'm John Young.
0: Each week, we talk about how to get the most out of your marketing as a small business or nonprofit organization. And this week, we're going to talk about content audits. I'm going to start Yay. with derailing us. I started listening <laughs> to Meghan Markle's new podcast. It's good. It's really good. But you can tell... Um, at least so far, I've only listened to, like, the first third where, like, she intros what the whole thing is going to be. I feel like she's just reading from a script. It does not feel like it's just straight conversation. So, we'll see how this goes. Mm-hmm. But I liked the premise of it. Of her podcast? Mm-hmm.
2: I don't like that we're giving her a free promotion right now, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> She so needs back to pay to have a promo spot. content audit.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, quit glomming onto our podcast clout.
0: <laughs> back to content back to you. Um, so today we want to talk about what is a content audit. Um, we may talk about like if they're even helpful because I think that like depending on how you decide to perform a content audit or like why you're performing a content audit changes like how effective it actually is. Um, and then we're gonna maybe get through some examples of audits as well. This will most likely become a two-parter, so we'll see how how far we get today.
1: We um, tend to get long-winded. That is fair.
0: That we, we do. do
1: sometimes. What? From from once to twice to what episode is this? Twenty-three. Every single mm-hmm. episode, all of them.
2: But like everyone just loves listening to us talk, so Well
1: everyone. we certainly do. I don't My know if <laughs> <laughs> everyone seems seems bold, Rachel. but a lot of people do. Rachel should. Yeah, yeah Rachel and your it's parents. And, sometimes and like, they kind of have
2: to, you know.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. like, eh. You do it whether you like it or not. Yep. So with that, to get us started. <laughs> um, I found two definitions that I liked this week for content audits. So you get to hear two of them. Um, One is from SEMrush and then another is from HubSpot. Um, So the SEMrush one is a content audit is a process of systematically analyzing and assessing all the content on your website. The final objective is to reveal strengths and weaknesses in your content strategy and content development workflow and adapt your content plan to your current marketing goals. Started reading that Beautiful. really fast. And then I remember that people were trying to listen to me say a definition. So I tried to. There slow are
1: people down. literally listening now, taking notes to the things that we say. So we need yes. to keep that in mind.
0: Yes. It's true. Um, the second definition is just slightly different, a little bit more concise because it's HubSpot and love them or hate them, they're really good at what they do. Um, So HubSpot's definition is a content audit describes the process of collecting and analyzing assets on a website, such as landing pages or blog posts. Content audits keep an inventory of a website and provide insight into which content to create, update, rewrite, or delete. Nice. Any initial thoughts on those definitions?
1: I mean, they're great definitions. Possibly the best.
0: I agree. Those are good definitions. Um, Side note, every time I use this mug, I feel bad because it has a...
1: Oh, yeah. I definitely noticed that when you first lifted it up. I was like, oh, it's a cute mug. And then I saw Holstein on it. I'm like, no, it's not.
0: Oh, my gosh. the thrift store in college. I feel like those are the types of mugs I always eat soup out of. It's very tiny. I don't know if this is... See, this is what it... Oh, no.
1: Oh, no. Cancel.
0: (laughs) But this is like the size of it next to my mic. It's very... Here's my cup. Oh, yeah, long. that is kind of tiny. Yeah, it's perfect. For I mean, that could
1: be talking. a good cereal bowl, though.
2: Uh, not the way I eat cereal, homie. Well, I'm like okay. I'm like mixing bowl cereal type of girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Starts a new podcast about cereal. Yeah. Um, well, I had like a few big thoughts. daddy, like
1: big daddy style where he's got the bowl uh, on the couch. Yeah. Bringing it back to Adam Sandler. OK. Yep. A no good Adam Sandler movie. Anywho. Oh, come on. You haven't seen Big Daddy?
0: <gasps> Ellen. Have seen, okay. Have you seen
1: the other, like, original Adam Sandler movies?
0: Um, it's like
1: Happy Gilmore. Yes.
0: I've then, seen that uh,
1: one. What's the one where you, I can't, I'm drawing a blank one Where of he those goes Billy Madison. Billy, Billy Madison? Billy
0: Madison. I've seen that one with the penguin. You've
2: never seen, what about Mr. Deeds?
1: Oh, mm-hmm. no. See, after, you know. Yeah, Mr. Deeds and Remote. Now, those can all just.
0: Can I tell you my favorite Adam Sandler movie and you guys not get mad?
1: Click, whatever. It's not not good. Whatever it is, it's not good.
0: Are you ready? You need to do a
1: content audit on the scripts. Anyway. Get
0: out of here. (laughs) Wait, my my favorite Adam Sandler movie is just go with it. I oh. love Just Go With It. With I, Jennifer Aniston, I think it's I so good. I love
2: Just Go With It. I think it's so good. Okay. Or we're going to have a whole dates. episode on movie reviews. Really
0: Let's do a Ooh. movie review episode. Yes. yes. That'd be good. 50 First Dates is really good. <sighs> okay, mm. guys. I'm so sorry. We keep on getting off, <sighs> off topic. Content um, audit take three. Mm. So I want to talk about <laughs> these two definitions because I like them a lot, but – um, SEMrush in particular, like, focuses very much on, like, the website portion of your digital marketing presence overall, like, as a, as an organization. Um, HubSpot, like, claims to take a, a full approach to your digital marketing. I would maybe disagree with that on some days. Um, but that's why, obviously, these two... Definitions focus solely on doing a content audit for your website, um, and that's what a lot of the definitions I was finding would say. But I, I would broaden that a little bit. Um, I think that you can perform content audits on a few different areas of your digital marketing. Um, And just marketing in general. So, like, I've done a content audit on a company's print material before. Um, So, like, different, uh, like, flyers or uh, trifolds or stuff like that that they have on hand, reviewing that content to see if it's up to date, if it matches what's on the website, etc. You can do content audits on photos that you have, videos, graphics, your social media posts, even, you know, emails that you've used for your email marketing. Um, So all that to say, like when you think of a content audit, I wouldn't limit yourself to just the pages on your website. Um, But I do think that that is a really good place to start with content audits as well.
2: Yeah, I think that's Um, really important, Ellen. I I don't think I would have really thought about that unless you uh, wrote that out. But I mean, if you think about it, if you're looking through your website and you notice like, oh, some wording needs changed or we've updated this process or we added this service. Or, you know, if you have something on your website that even says like we've been in business for 20 years, it's like, well, that's going to be irrelevant next year because it's been 21 now. (laughs) And you keep making these changes, but you have uh, flyers or brochures or something out there that still have that outdated information. Mm -hmm. And you've already been through maybe like four changes since you've even thought about updating that brochure. None of your information is going to match. Um, so you have to – I agree starting with your website is uh, – that's a great place to start is your website. But then use that as kind of the outline to trickle down into the rest of your, um, your marketing materials. And again, like photos and stuff, like – You want everything to match and be consistent, you know, whether you're updating photos, graphics, um, colors, fonts, whatever it is, you want everything to be consistent. And if you're especially if you're using um, like the same photo for everything, whether it's like a stock image or what have you. You you want to switch up the look of that. Like you don't want that to be what somebody's receiving like every time for years to come. You want it to look different and fresh and stand out in people's minds. So, yeah, super important to um, look through everything that you're putting out there for people to consume.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Agreed.
2: Agreed.
0: Yeah, I think that um, you know when I when you think of businesses that do content audits really really well it's also like those ginormous businesses that do rebrands really really well because every time you do a rebrand even if it's subtle um you should be doing a complete content audit um so you know notable ones are like you know when google updates their stuff like it's seamless like you very rarely will ever find like their old branding somewhere else um apple's really good at that uh Somebody that's not very good at it is Facebook, especially on the business side of things. Um, I very, re- very regu- pretty regularly come across <laughs> um, old URLs or parts of Facebook that have not been updated. Um, they're like two, three, four, five iterations of Facebook old, um, because again, I think that they grew too quickly and they they did not set up a good process for auditing their content.
2: Yeah, and my Um, favorite is when you're looking up like, and and it's like through their support links, you're looking up how to like do something. And it's like outdated directions, even if it's something like it it still gets you where you need to go. But it's like, oh, click on settings and then, you know, this button in the drop down. And it's like everything's worded a little different. Like you still find your way, but it's not worded how they have it listed in the directions. And it's like Mm – for for a, for a company as big as Facebook slash Meta, uh, it just seems a little odd that that we're still like four uh, changes behind in times on like the support links.
1: I hate I still hate that it's called Meta. It's so I dumb. do too. Like just the, just dumb. when you said it, it's just like ugh.
2: I know, and I hate saying it, but like you know, also as a marketing professional, I have to do my due diligence in using the correct terms. So like I have to throw it in there, even as even though it makes me very angry.
1: (laughs) One thing that we've learned at at Young's a lot in terms of auditing content is try to keep core information in as few places as possible, Mm because when things do change, you don't miss something. Mm -hmm. So like all of our event pages on our site have the date listed uh, in one place typically and the times listed in one place typically. And it's uh, not like in the script, uh, like previous iterations, that like the paragraphs of text, like this is the corny maze, opens for weekends on August, whatever, and then opens daily on September, whatever. Well, typically I'd have that at the top and then I'd also have it like in the paragraphs. Uh, But then every year at the end of the year, corny maze is done, set it up for next year, I would change the dates in one and not the other. Or heaven forbid I'd change it there uh, and then there'd be two other places that it was wrong. And so next mm-hmm. August comes around and says, well, it says on your website that it's open August 5th. It's like, well, August 5th is a Wednesday, so we don't open for the corn maze on Wednesdays when it starts out. So um, same thing for hours, same thing for prices. If you have to list prices, try to get like a price page. It might not be best user experience to do it that way, but good Lord willing that you're not going to make a lot of mistakes doing it that way just because everything is in like one place or create a automation system within your website where I change it in one place and it propagates it across others, which we also have that in place.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Another thank, thank you. small thought I had on these definitions before we get into, we kind of started to get into um, why you should perform one, because I think that there are a lot of good reasons, but Something else I wanted to mention when you're going to perform a content audit specifically on your website. Um, sometimes this can be really overwhelming for small to medium-sized businesses, especially if you've had a website for a long time and this is the first time that you're doing this and you know you have a lot of different pages on your site. you have some pages that you use and some pages that you don't. Um, keep in mind that you can start small and then work your way up like figure out a process that works for one section of your website. Um, and then move through it like that. So almost think of it like, um, deep cleaning your house. Um, you could start with like the guest room, make sure you get everything exactly how you want it to be in that room. And then you can rinse and repeat the process in all the other rooms. Um, so some rooms you can think of is like, you know, just your services pages, um, or just your product pages. Um, or you could start with just your blogs or just the landing pages that you use for ads Or just a series of pages in one campaign, something like that. Um, Like, I have one client that, like, they have the same page building process for a similar campaign that they run every, like, six to eight weeks, Um So we have all those pages and that process organized in one place so that every time we go to create a new campaign, we know exactly what pages need to be created, exactly what functionality needs to be set up. And we're able to easily rinse and repeat the process because we already have an idea of what lives on the website. So keep that in mind as well. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I also agree. Um, An example of this too would be um, so recently the shout out design team last fall, Ellie, was that when we rewrote our, our services content? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So John mentioned, I think probably last summer and then Ellie and I completed it in the fall. um, But he mentioned that (laughs) (laughs) our solutions page didn't quite cover everything that we do as a company now. Um, So we took the time to review the pages that were there um, figure out what was missing and what maybe needed to go to needed to go away, updated that content and then added the new pages with new solutions that we offer that were on the site mm-hmm. before and then created all the connections between, you know, uh, uh, similar services, all that fun stuff. Um, and then we were able to take all those new solutions pages and we created um, like printable one-pagers for us to use when we're in person or when we're at a conference or something like that. Um, So it's very mm-hmm. similar language, which is great, especially for the user experience, because if they're looking at the physical sheet and then they go look at it online, um, it, they're already very familiar with the narrative that we are sharing. Um, and then it's all branded the same, you know, the whole shebang. So, But it was just one section. And so now we yeah. have that one section good to go. And then we could update another part of our site in the future if we wanted to.
2: Yeah. And it's really, you know, good that we did that because, you know, you don't really think about, I guess we're a company that not everything we do like day to day is or has to be like set in stone. You know, we kind of, we like to try to cater to what our client needs as best as we can. So um, if we're like, oh yeah, we, we offer that or we can do that or we can kind of change this service to fit that um, how you need it to, and in doing that over time, it kind of it, it makes us aware of better ways to do what we were already doing. Um, so we kind of make those changes internally or with our clients and how we're speaking to our clients. But then if if they're going to our website or they refer somebody to us that goes to our website and they're looking at our service list, we haven't really thought about it. Uh, but now they're looking at something that's kind of outdated because yeah, we still offer that service, but that's not really what it looks like anymore. So that's what that kind of took care of too was, okay, yeah, we've we've evolved a little bit. We've grown. We, we're offering more services. So let's make sure that um, our website reflects that for anybody who is coming to get information about us. And then, yeah, like you said, Ellen, uh, very easy to kind of trickle that down into all of our other marketing materials that we use when we go out and meet people.
1: Yeah. I always Agreed. hesitated. Well, when we started out, we had different services just because I was trying to find different ways to make money. So it, it was website design, but we also, I also did other stuff like, uh, photo books and just weird stuff that I could like third party out to make money. So I always hesitated on putting all of the services that I do on there just because it looks, it looked messy. It looks disor, not disorganized, but it just looked like we it looked like I what I was doing, which was trying to do a lot of things to figure out what works so I could make money doing that. Website design being the core, but then the okay. other stuff was there. So as we've expanded our services, it, it and then we get good at them, then it makes sense to put them up on the site of like this is what we do. Because there's been a couple mm-hmm. things, uh, you know, outside of the last couple of years, where a client says, "I need this," and I was like, "Yeah, I could figure that out." So I figured I'd do a good job, and then I pitch it to to, to another client that has a similar need. And then I do it well with them, and then we're like, okay, this is something that we can like rinse and repeat. Actually, routine, offer, says. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do yeah we can that actually that. put put on our put on our list of things that we do, as opposed to just like, yeah, we can probably figure that. We're we're a group of smart people. We can probably do it. So I I think it goes back to keeping it keeping it minimal, keeping it simple, but also keeping it updated. So like if 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 there's something that you want to push and put it up on your site, but keep it keep it. Keep the uh, the scope narrow, uh, mm-hmm. so you're not like over expanding what you do. Because especially with digital marketing services, they're always changing. Yeah. Like when when ads was a thing, it was just Google. Now it's Google, Facebook, Bing, Yahoo.
2: And what's that saying? LinkedIn, like you don't you Twitter. don't want to over promise and under deliver. Mm-hmm. That's us. Yeah.
1: We under promise so. and under deliver. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, we're just incorrect. kind of so so as like a company, so
1: yeah, we're like yeah, uh, we'll we'll incorrect. get it done eventually, I hope, and then you know,
2: like Ellen's like, guys, shut up, <laughs> no, we do a Clark, good job Clark
1: you know you, Clark, you know that we do a good job, so I'm speaking directly to our listener, Clark, you know that <laughs> we do true. a good job, you know that we don't under promise and underdeliver. we uh what do we do? we under promise and over deliver, yes, yeah, we do we do it the we're right wonderful. the right way,
2: we sure do, and speaking of uh. Adding services, though, John, Ellen and I have decided that we 100% have to be uh, wedding planners now, so mm. we have to add that to our
0: service list because that's where the money is, you know? I we came across it? a hotel's, like, pricing, Yeah, and I was, like, We're in shock. Mm-hmm. No.
1: You realize that we have a client that does that, right?
0: Probably, but they're probably not as obnoxious as this random hotel was.
1: Oh no, no, no. There I I think it's quite reasonable what yeah. what, uh, what they charge. But I no. Yeah. I've dealt with one bride in terms of wedding planning, and that was that's my limit. I'll probably have to deal listen, with another one I, in like eight, eighteen years or I so. don't
2: even it, listen, I don't even want to be a bride. Like I don't want to deal with being a bride. So so you're right. Like I probably wouldn't be able to handle working with brides, but it's a nice thought because you know, you see those price tags on things and it's like, wow that's where the money is. So anybody yeah. out there listening to this, if you want to make some money, plan weddings.
1: <laughs> tell you what, don't watch Breaking Bad. If you're get, if you just like seeing ideas of how to make a lot of money and then think I want to Fair. do that, yeah, Breaking Bad, Sopranos, those th- those things aren't for you. So don't watch those.
0: Can I tell you I Tim and I started watching Breaking Bad, but um it made me too sad, so I made him stop watching. <laughs>
2: I never watch. I've never seen Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is great. Sad.
1: Better call Saul. Could be the best TV show of all time.
2: Really? Is that like Isn't that, that like the you should spin-off? watch? It's it's is it like a spinoff, pre, or is it like a prequel?
1: It's like a pre. Uh, what do they call it? Um, cool. Prequel. Prequel. Oh, I just prequel, yeah. kind yeah. of like a prequel. No, so really. it's,
2: it's yeah. the story
1: of the lawyer that is used in Breaking Bad, but it's like his origin story. So could
2: I watch mm. Better Call Saul without ever seeing Breaking? Oh Bad? yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, there would be a, there would be lots of things that you miss out on, which yeah. I think probably is part of what makes it good. But okay. so. Br- We're getting off on a real tangent, but Breaking Bad is (laughs) is a fun watch, but it's like not realistic. Like the main character is constantly in a corner, and you're like, "Oh, there's no way he gets out of this," but then he gets out of it. But
2: then he always does. Something weird
1: happens. Better Call Saul is more based in actual reality. Like it's I gotcha. This uh, lawyer that's gone awry that likes to do gimmicks, and all of a sudden he's working with a drug cartel. Cool. Which that that. You know, when I put it in that sentence, that doesn't seem realistic. But like the way he falls into it seems very passable, and all Mm -hmm. the things that happen to him are very realistic.
0: Not sponsored by Better Call Saul or. I mean,
1: I take AMC sponsorship money. They got money,
0: sure, but not as of this date. (laughs) It's on scripts. Anyway, um, so the reason to perform a content audit. So we were talking about this before we started recording, um, but. I have like a love-hate relationship with this topic because I think that content audits can be very helpful. I also think that they can be one of those things that people use to make themselves feel like they have been productive when they have actually not done anything that results in anything that's helpful, um, which may sound kind of harsh. Um But I think that that's just to keep in mind. Sometimes there are things that you can do when it comes to like planning or strategizing that like if they don't – if it doesn't work into a larger goal and you're just doing it because you feel like it's something that you should be doing, um, then you're probably going to look back on the time and money that you spent on it and you're going to be like, well, what's the point of that? Now I have this Mm -hmm. big spreadsheet of all this information, but I have no idea why I needed it or what I'm going to do with it. Why did Um, Ellen
1: make me do this? Yeah, what, yeah, literally. What, what they're I'm asking.
0: sure I've had a few clients think that when they're in the middle of it, but it's okay. <laughs> Everybody that's gotten through a content audit with me has turned around and said that they were thankful that they did it. Um, they may just be lying to me, but I'm okay with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah.
0: Um, so why should you perform a content audit? And some of these have to do with, you know, specific to your website. Some of them have to do with the other things that we listed that you could audit. Um, The first and foremost, we kind of started to talk about this when we were talking about the shout out design site. Um, But the first reason is to lengthen the lifespan of your website. So this is something that's really important to shout out design and to our clients. We build websites to grow with you over time. Um, So, you know, sometimes there are going to be things that are unavoidable, like, your entire business pivots in a different direction, or you completely rebrand and change the way that you speak about yourself and the way that you talk to your clients, which may result in a completely a complete website redesign. Um, but our hope is that we can get as much out of your current web design and development as possible before we have to move in on to that redesign. Um and the way that we can do that is through content audits like reviewing your blogs, reviewing your services pages or your product pages um or just you know reviewing core pages like your home and about and contact. Um so that would be the first reason. Any thoughts on Yeah, so usually the
1: the 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 part of like redesigning your website because your things have changed so drastically. That often doesn't change within a year or two. Unless there's this thing like a global pandemic where it completely changes how everyone does business, and in which case you might need to you might need to do a complete overhaul, but those types of changes usually happen slowly and over time, not drastically and immediate so mm-hmm. you know again, our websites are built to pivot uh even even if it is drastic we like we can make changes but uh, you're right. The, the 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 small changes are the things that make sense when it, in terms of doing a content edit, like update the way we talk about things here. Update this, this is how we do here. I'm not getting rid of our entire team and changing our entire business model every year because that would be chaos. And mm-hmm. I don't think you, you, you even if I wanted it to, uh, I don't think you guys would allow it. So no. See, told you.
0: <laughs> the second reason to do a content audit is. You know, a full website audit would be if you are completely redesigning or rebuilding your website. Um, so shout out design does not um, – just fun fact for our listeners. We don't take over websites um, that we didn't build. Um, but that doesn't mean that everything that that is on your current website can't be used. Um, So by performing a content audit, you're able to figure out what you already have when it comes to content imagery, um, you know, different functionality that you like that you'd like us to rebuild. Um, And then you can also figure out what you don't have. Um, And that's like a really easy way um, to organize all of that before you just like get to the table and you're like, oh, I'd like this and maybe I'd like this. And then we get halfway through the build and you're like, oh, dang it. Like we already had this written out, but I forgot that it was on the website. so that's always helpful to do before you redesign or rebuild your website
2: yeah i think it makes the whole process go just a lot smoother even if you are pretty sure like oh we just want we just want you to rebuild our site because like it doesn't seem to work very well and we just want everything that's already there on the website and then guaranteed probably you're going to be like you know site goes live and you're like oh, you know what let's go ahead and change this around like this isn't really relevant anymore especially if it's something that you haven't really looked at in a while. Um, Take the opportunity. It's a perfect opportunity just to kind of clean everything out and for a fresh start, you know, and even if everything does end up staying pretty much the same, um, it's always helpful to know what you're saying on your website anyway. So just make sure that everything is still relevant um, and up to date.
0: It also helps you determine um like there are some URLs that are very important to businesses that need to stay consistent from one website build to another. Um so that content audit can help you determine like oh this URL needs to say exactly the same because we have it on like this billboard or we have it integrated into this system and like we don't want to change this URL so we need to make sure that like that URL with that information stays the same. Um, Or what I also find is that by doing the content audit, it kind of does, like it has like the almost like the Marie Kondo effect. Um, I don't Mm. know if I can say that, but (laughs) kind of her (laughs) philosophy, giving her all of the credit there. um, It helps you realize kind of what you can let go as well. So I recently had that happen with a client that we did a content audit and their website is quite large um, and there was this section that they did for a while that was like maybe 20, 25 pages. And I was like, so does, does this need to be on the new website? Does this bring you joy? Does this bring your audience joy? And they were like, no, we're not doing that anymore. And I was like, excellent. Mm-hmm. We're not going to rebuild these 25 pages.
1: <laughs> if this is the client yeah. I'm thinking of, I would imagine a lot of things about their website didn't bring them joy.
0: Um, no, which, which is why they called us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, So Yeah, I think sometimes you you get into
2: a habit maybe, like if it's something like you start doing on your website, like, oh, we want to continue to add these to our website. It's nice to have. And then it's a process that isn't actually really relevant or now you just have so much content on your website that it's not really useful. So it's a conversation of, one, do you really need this or can we present it in a cleaner way? Because, again, it might have started out as like, Maybe one page of information, and then you're like, "Oh, let's update this every month with new information." So now you just have a ton of stuff on there. Can we rework that and condense it into maybe one page? Doesn't need to be on there at all. Can it be implemented differently? Um, it, so yeah, it doesn't. It, it's definitely nice because it doesn't have to stay the same as like a habit, basically that you've gotten into.
0: Agreed same same another reason to perform a content audit we already kind of talked about this was um if you have new marketing goals um so you can determine what will still be helpful for these new goals and what may need to be removed or what needs to be reworked um i see this happen a lot with like blogs or uh, content that you're creating for inbound marketing, um, like if a slogan updates, or you know if like a, a core description updates, like what we were talking about earlier, then you're going to want to make sure that you know where that all lives on the various pages, so you can make sure that it's updated accordingly. Um, Another reason is to optimize your organic SEO. Um, So this gets a little bit more technical when it comes to your website, but you can determine which pieces of your content are performing. So which ones are ranking well based on, you know, preferred keywords that you're searching for um, or that you'd like to show up for. So, you know, this is optimizing things like um, the website page title and updating your meta description and making sure that you have a relevant – a featured image that has the correct description and is and is retitled correctly and is the right size and um you know the page speaks to the keywords that you're trying to rank for um so this is where you know you're taking that content that you have first and foremost written for a person um and then you're seeing what about it you can do what what you can optimize about it to Still have it be written for a person and also benefit your organic SEO. So that's something to really keep in mind. I feel like um, SEO has been like a really hot term for a while now, and maybe we should do like a whole (laughs) episode on SEO at some point. Um, But keep in mind that other
1: agencies we don't know what we're doing, so maybe maybe we (laughs) should
0: one agency. Um, but just just keep in mind that you know the. The search engines that you are trying to optimize content for are only getting smarter. Um, so it at the end of the day, it is your best bet to write content for a person. And then um, your second step would be seeing how you can optimize it for a search engine um, because the search engine is getting closer and closer to being able to read something like a person. Um, so keep that in mind as well. Any other thoughts on SEO before I go on to the next one?
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the, the crux of SEO is trying to solve someone's problem. So if Mm -hmm. you think of how you write your content in that, in that way, you're going to, you might not rank number one, but you're going to find traffic. So Mm -hmm. if you are finding, especially a unique solution to a problem, uh, whether it's a unique solution to a common problem or a unique solution to a unique problem, uh, unique solutions to unique problems would be your, your, your best case scenario because not a lot of people are searching for it and you have the only great solution on it. Mm-hmm. Google's going to really reward you for things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But that that's, I, I've been telling my clients that for the entire, the entirety of this business. It's like if you create content that solves problems for people, all the search engines will say, here's someone that you should talk to about whatever your mm-hmm. problem is, aka what you whatever you searched for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this could be a part of that. Like if you originally created Like if you build a website and you just didn't have someone help you with content and you just said you handed your brochure to your web developer and they just typed what was on the brochure into your website and then that was it, probably a good time for a content audit to to really look at that and say, is this written to solve a problem slash is this written that the search engine would know that I'm trying to solve a problem.
2: And I I think basically this is what the last, this point, like the last couple points have kind of mentioned, but doing this content audit not only will, I guess, help you determine, is this content written in a way that solves a problem, that people are going to find helpful, that search engines are going to find helpful to solve this problem. But also, it's going to tell you, especially when you're auditing like your blog, it's going to tell you what you don't have. Like you might think you have content on your site for an, a very common issue that you do solve um but you might think oh or you might notice oh my gosh we don't actually have that content period on our website so like back to ellen what you were saying about if you have new marketing goals it very well could be like y- you have a new uh, a new goal like you have y- uh, there's a service you want to push or you've gotten the same question over and over and um you want to write content a- around that question like it's all you're solving this issue um Write content for your site that solves that issue um, and so doing this audit is going to help you determine what you don't have there not just mm-hmm. like how can we rework what we have but what do we need to add
0: yeah one of the very worst things that you can do for your web presence is say oh my customer base or my audience base already knows that so I don't need to talk about it um, there's always somebody that's new to the position there's always somebody that's new to the industry there's always somebody that can benefit from that information that you think your customers already know um, mm-hmm. so so don't miss out on you know that e- that easy SEO by answering that question or solving a problem just because you make the assumption um, that you know your key audience already knows about it because there's always somebody new um, or somebody needs a refresher. I cannot tell you how many articles I have read about the same marketing topics over years of being in the industry now because there's always something new to learn. Um, Mm -hmm. So don't don't miss out on that. (laughs) Um, Good point, Ellie. Um, So a few other points, reasons to have a content audit, and there's more than just on this list. Um, But another one would be to improve your conversion rate. I can't speak today. Um, So this is a good example. I know. Um, This is a good thing to keep in mind, especially when you're like running ads to a few different landing pages and you're looking for a higher conversion rate on filling out a form or making a purchase. Um, You can determine which of your current landing pages that you're using for ads are performing well and which ones aren't. Um, may not have anything to do with the landing page. It may have something to do with the ad or, um, you know, the process after they click the button, but starting with those landing pages, will give you a good idea of, you know, who's following through, who's not, how can we improve this? Um, any thoughts on conversion rates?
1: I mean, they're important. Uh, so depending on how, how things were set up before and what your actual conversion, I mean, if if you didn't know what a conversion rate was, you'd just be like, "Well, I'm looking for my contact forms to get filled out."
0: Yeah, but yeah, like, so I think it's
1: yeah, that, and that could be a whole other topic as well. Uh, getting those set up and what's actually important. So, like, yeah. you know, uh, a basic conversion rate would be like they landed on the contact page and they filled out the contact form. Mm-hmm. That that could be a conversion, but you could make it more complex. Um, for a while, I I messed with a a chat bot. A chat widget on our on our website, just because I thought mm-hmm. it was fun. So, like, it would only notify me if someone went to our homepage, then went to our services page. I think that might have been it. I think I might have made a more complicated one after that. But so, if someone mm-hmm. went to our homepage and clicked our services and was scrolling around our services for ten seconds, I would get a notification that someone's on that page. So, if I was mm-hmm. sitting at my computer, I could say, "Hey, what's up? This is John. Can I help you?" Which is always creepy uh, on on those chat bots because you don't know if it's a computer or not. And it wasn't, it was me, like the actual owner of the hey. business that they were looking at. And I actually did have a, a like conversation one morning with person like, they like, is this a robot? I'm like, nope, this is John. Here's my page right here. And they us say, can is- I just call you? And I was like, because I don't think they thought it was real. And it ended up to be someone in the, uh, I forget exactly what they're, I think they at the dairy industry or something like that. But that's how I wanted the conversion rate. Because if they go to our homepage and they're interested enough to see what we do, That's someone that's engaged with at least the first couple aspects of our, of our site. So conversion rate could be something like that. They go to the homepage, you go to your service page, and they click one of the services. That could be a conversion, whether they filled Mm -hmm. out a form or not. I I wanted them to follow this specific path. That's, I converted that person the way I wanted to. Um, So it's important to set those up if you haven't, just so you can keep metrics on, is my website worth it? Or is Mm -hmm. it set up the right way? Or am I doing what I should be doing to try to get these people to give me money?
0: Yeah. And this is like, um, like more so talking about like with digital ads. So say you have like three different digital ad campaigns going to three different landing pages and one of them has like a really high conversion rate. It's doing very well and the other two aren't, then it's like, okay, well, what is that one doing? And is it possible to get those other two to where that other one is at? Um so yeah, conversion rates like It's one of those things where like going back to the beginning of our conversation, if you don't have an overall goal, um, then it's just kind of like a fluff number that you're making yourself feel good about that you're like, oh, it should be at this rate or whatever but if you take the time to audit your landing pages say for something like all of your digital ads campaigns and you notice that one of them is performing super well some of them are like performing "Eh," and then some of them are performing really poorly then that may be an opportunity to take that content audit and improve those landing pages but think of your overall goal before you just do things for fun (laughs) yeah (laughs) goals are good
1: but like are the is the goal important and is it achievable
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. Did you plan? Is it consistent?
1: (gasps) Is it? I think we should all get tattoos when we're in Columbus. We should all get PCS tattoos. (laughs) PCS. I'm into it. I don't have any tattoos. Trying to be one of my first.
2: Same. I'm trying to. I told you I'm trying to be one of those uh, girls. I learned that the term is a sticker sleeve. So you just have like random tiny tattoos all over your arm.
0: Okay. Oh that's kind of fun, like Miley Cyrus.
2: Yeah, that's what I want. That's what my goal is. And I already have like four tattoos in mind that I want. So. Anyway, I have a friend know. that
0: he only gets tattoos when he goes to California. He won't get a tattoo unless he's in California because that's when he got that's, his first one. I was like, that's kind of weird, but yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. It I is. like all of his tattoos; they're cool. I have yet to get Mine a tattoo. It's on cool the too. list.
1: If you guys are ever in Prescott, Arizona, my cousin is an amazing tattoo artist. So I'll didn't he do you one of Kelly's? One. He did the peanut one on her, uh, one of her arms. I'd figure which one. I think I think left but I'm not sure about that.
0: Nice. Good to keep in mind. Um so we already talked about conversion rate, increasing your audience engagement is kind of the same, so it's one of those things that it's great to increase your audience engagement if it makes sense to your to your overall goals for your marketing. Um and then the last reason that we listed is because it is time to do a um content audit. So ideally, you should be performing like a series of content audits every like year or two, again, depending on the buckets and your overall goals. Um, If anything, just to go back to what Ellie said, you don't want old branding out there. You don't want old messaging out there. You don't want old images, all that fun stuff. And things change after a few years. Um, And then, you know, pandemics happen and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. It may just be time. If you've never done one, it's time to do one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and not only are we checking like is everything still relevant, like are there any like errors anywhere, like is this relevant, is this still, you know, what we want to say. But I think – I personally think it's a great idea just to do like a refresh every so often anyway because – Um, you don't want your content, your image to get kind of stale, I guess. So I always think it's a good idea, um, just to kind of switch things up a little bit. Uh, I mean, not necessarily maybe like obvious, obviously you're not going to want to just like change your whole like mission and vision of your business, um, because that's not going to be sustainable. But, um, an example of this would be like, if I'm running an ad campaign for somebody, um, I, the ad could be working really well. Um, Probably after a while, it's going to start to plateau or maybe even start to like decrease in, in results. But um, I would go and audit it to use that term and switch it up even. So if we want to run an ad for a year, um, that's our goal. Uh, And we have our other goals within that. So, you know, we want to see this, this, and this out of that. Well, at the six month mark, if things have kind of plateaued, I'm going to start looking at this and say, how can we like refresh this? So if the same people are seeing the same ad, um, it kind of draws their attention again. And they're not just like, oh, I've seen that before. Um, how can we re engage them and get them to convert? Because maybe it's not even, maybe it's something too that it's, we want people to continue to convert or continue to engage with this. And it's not just like a one time thing. Um, so again, that it, it's not just um, making sure. Everything kind of matches, but it's do we need to rework any of this? Do we need to just update the image or do just a slight refresh just to kind of make it more engaging for people?
1: Mm -hmm. Speaking of, when we get off, I've got a Young's ad for you to look at.
2: (laughs) Cool. Refreshing
1: every once in a while. The, um, the, I was looking back to see which episode this was, was, uh, episode 19 of our uh, brainstorming episode talking about doing SWOT analyses. Um, Mm -hmm. that would be a good catalyst for a content audit as you, you know, you analyze either all of your business or a part of your business. And then you take that, uh, take that, take those results and then take that to your website and say, does what we came up with in this meeting match what's on our website, match our marketing materials. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
1: That's it. That was my thought. I didn't feel That's like I needed thought. to talk any longer. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so as a little bit of a recap, um, so far in this episode, we have covered what is a content audit. We talked about how it's more than just reviewing what's on your website. It can also be you know, photos, videos, print materials, so- social media posts, etc. cetera. Um, and then you can also do content audits in batches. You don't just have to do you know, everything at once, you can make things in smaller batches so that they are PCS. Um, and then we also talked about quite a few reasons as to why you should perform one. Um, and there are more reasons on why you should perform one. Um, I'm also going to link back to the two articles from SEMrush and HubSpot in this episode blog post. Um, because I think that both of those articles are really great about, you know, even more reasons as to why you should perform a content audit. Um, But I'd kind of like to cap our conversation for this week at that. And next week, I'd like to talk about who should perform a content audit and then actually go through the process of how to run a content audit. So we have a couple of examples for you guys that we want to talk through. So you have like a practical example of how to do this. Um, But before we move into what grinds Ellie's gears, do you guys have any final thoughts on what a content is and why you should perform one? She said what a content is. I did. I, what a content I, audit is <laughs> and why you should perform one.
1: I wasn't gonna be mean and say anything, but since Ellie's I,
0: I know how to it's say minuscule.
2: You almost said it wrong, I feel like. But I didn't <laughs> I know how to say minuscule too now, so Ellie is very smart. I am, I'm intelligent.
1: What was the other word that you're struggling with that you, you were happy about?
2: I can't remember. I don't remember.
1: Yeah. We talked about it last time. I forget what it was though.
2: I do
0: too.
1: All right. No, I don't have any other content or content no. audit thoughts.
0: <laughs> awesome. Ellie, what Kay. grinds your gears? Um, this is a
2: good one. I've had some personal experience with this one uh, with a client. Um, I hope I can like say this, explain this correctly. So if you understand what I'm getting at, feel free to jump in. But um, what grinds my gears is when somebody wants, like a client wants, basically or has the same – content on their website written out on multiple different pages but maybe even maybe just like said in a different way you know what i mean like maybe like some like a sentence is just kind of like changed around like it's not necessarily well it could be just like copy paste in multiple places or it's like okay well you're saying the same thing but in a different way and it's making it confusing it's on in like a different under like a different header. So like you have like an a, an about us and it says there's a paragraph of information. And then there's like a our services and it's the same information. Um mm-hmm. one that's it's just not beneficial to have the same content in multiple places across the across the website like that. Um and it, it's confusing, honestly. Like when I'm trying to learn about a business, it's like Nothing seems really clear. Like I've looked at websites that's kind of that are kind of like this and it doesn't really seem really clear what you guys are doing or like it's you're not answering my question. So it's like, well, I know I know what you do, but I'm not really understanding what exactly your services are. Um or you have different things listed out but they all kind of seem like they're the same thing. Um if that makes sense. No, I know sense. what you're
0: talking about. Like I've seen yeah. quite a few websites where like a company will have um, a series of different services. And all they've done on the different services pages is just switch out whatever the name of the service is throughout the paragraphs, um, which one, is not helpful um, mm-hmm. for your audience at all, and two, is really not helpful for your organic SEO. So yeah, I would agree with you, and, Ellie.
2: And sometimes – like I almost wonder if sometimes the thought of having maybe like the same information – in multiple places on their website, it's like, I think people are wanting just like filler. They're like, oh, we need Mm. to fill up this page. So let's go ahead and like add the blurb about us again. Or they have this idea of we have to have this many pages on our website. If you're a small business and you just simply don't have that much information you want to share with the general public, you don't have to have a massive website. You don't have to fill these pages up. There's creative ways to make your website look nice and just have the necessary content on there. I don't think that you have to have like a whole separate page and you have to fill that whole page with words. Um, Again, it just makes the user experience not so great. Um, And then when it comes to, so say you're wanting to kind of expand on your um, content strategy and you want to start up a blog those blog posts should not just be rewording what your website already says. Um, I think that's another – it's like a part two to the What Grinds My Gears. Your blog mm-hmm. should not be like just another about us, like another like here's just somebody else wrote in about us. Like it's just written in a different way, but it says basically the same thing. They should be different topics that aren't already on your website and that people are searching for. Again, like if someone's asking a question or looking for – they have a problem that they're looking to get solved. Like, how are we going to answer that question? So, um, I've seen it too, where it's like every blog post is just kind of like, it's the same stuff that's already on the website. So it's like a deep dive into one of the services and then another service and then an about us and why we do what we do. And, um, yeah, I think, I, could, I, could I feel like
1: this, uh, this. grinds my gears topic is attacking college, John, because this is what I did in college. I would. <laughs> Sometimes I would uh, borrow content from other, other sources. Then I would reuse that content throughout. And I would, you know, not double space, but 2.1 space. And my font mm-hmm. would be slightly larger. And then have some have some white text intermixed just to fill up. And then I would have a long, in summation, this is what I think about this. And this is why I think about this, and period. And then continue on, just to make sure I felt all the quota for the words. I think, yep. I think um, you said it there in the middle. I think the reason that this happens is because... Uh, people feel like they need to fill up pages with a bunch of content on their site, Mm -hmm. especially if they don't have someone helping them. So they just say, well, great. I don't like words and I'm not good at using them. This guy right here. Uh, so I'm going to just like reuse. I really like that paragraph I put on the about us page and I think it's relevant here on our services page. And I think it's also relevant on our prices page. So I'm just going to reuse it. But I know I read somewhere that I shouldn't just like copy and paste text. So I'm going to change it up a little bit and make it Mm -hmm. seem, Make it seem different. It's just, I wouldn't say it's lazy because that seems aggressive, but I think it's just because most people, most small business owners aren't content creators. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's important to get at the very least someone else's perspective, someone else's eyes on your content, whether it's working with us directly to help you create your content or working with someone in your life to look this over. Like, does this make sense that I've got this stuff on this page, whether it's someone in your industry or. Your your neighbor's wife was a content creator in a previous previous iteration of her life. Someone. Just have someone else look at it. Don't mm-hmm. don't be the small business owner that says, I'm just going to copy pasta this and then turn it in.
0: A sibling or cousin to this problem is the websites that go very, very heavy on the industry specific jargon with mm-hmm. no explanation mm-hmm. of what anything is. But everybody so, mm-hmm. knows that jargon,
1: Ellen. Exactly. So Going a, back to my earlier thought
0: or my earlier point, there's always somebody new to the industry. There's always somebody that may not know that one specific term that you're talking about. Um, so it's just it's just better to use layman's terms as much as possible. Obviously, when you're getting into you know like deeper content, like white white papers or. Um, You know, like an in-depth webinar or something like that. Then you know you may have a different kind of crowd that you can use that jargon. But when it comes to like you know regular products and services pages on your site, like just uh, there, there's this concept called the the I think it's called the education gap. Um, and it's basically like the concept of like if there is or the knowledge gap if there if there's like ten levels of knowledge for a topic. Um And you are talking about that knowledge at a level seven, um, but your audience base is at a level three, then you're missing out. So always assume that you need to bring the knowledge base a little bit lower down on that scale to make sure that you're bridging that gap. Um, and then you can also have content that goes all the way up to level 10, but make sure you're going down to a level three at least is the is the gist of it. I don't remember who came up with that concept, but I'll try to find it and link it in the blog. Um, but yeah, just like – just always assume that maybe somebody doesn't know and maybe you could help them and answer their question or solve their problem by letting them know.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything more frustrating than – like have you guys ever went to a website – and you yep. haven't even been been able to never uh, been to like, a website, Mm-mm. but you haven't ever like you haven't been able to really like even understand what this business does. Like mm-hmm. you're you're on you're on like page three at least, and you still don't really understand like what the company does. Yep, hate that.
0: Any, save that. For,
1: save that for the next heated heated conversation from Ellie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Also, I just noticed, side tangent, that um, on the right side, it shows you, like, how intensely you're speaking into the mic. So, that made me feel really self-conscious. I tried to stay oh the my same gosh. distance it does. this time. You did not? know. I've been really close to my mic this whole time, and I apologize.
2: I realized it halfway through, and then I was like, I'm shouting in their ears.
0: Now, you've been doing Okay. I don't know how it's well I've been I'm, doing. I'm we'll leaning.
2: See. I'm like I'm I'm like really losing steam, so I just keep like leaning up on my desk and my microphone. My microphone's right here.
1: After a while, it'll just be Ellie's forehead, like right here. And yeah, then, I'm like, hey guys, another another <laughs> podcast time. Hey, oh, hey. Hey. Grinds my, hair grinds my
0: ears. <laughs> I can't in sleep. Our defense: <laughs> we are recording two podcasts a week for two weeks straight because I won't be able to record for two weeks. Yeah, because so. Ellen's
1: Ellen's leaving us.
0: Listen, and Not then forever. I'm leaving just for two weeks,
2: and then I'll be out the like one of the following weeks. So like we really were we're they about to fine. be getting behind. So we'll
0: do we'll do one or two when I'm in in person in September as well. But anyway, to wrap up this conversation, um, that is basically what a content audit is and why you should perform one, along with what grinds Ellie's gears. Um, So next time, we are going to talk about who should perform the audit. So who from your team and who from maybe your marketing team should be involved. And then we're going to go through a few (laughs) examples of how to actually run a content audit. And we are going to give you six easy steps to follow for running a content audit. Tune in next week for that. Smash that that like button.
2: (laughs) See you
1: next time, Clark.
0: Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Ope, Here's a Little Marketing For You, a podcast written and produced by Shout It Out Design. Our theme song is Kill the Sun by the Cincinnati-based band Motherfolk. Tune in weekly for new episodes.